Welcome back, everybody. Well, I guess you know what you're going to do today. You're listening to the next episode of PWCA, the podcast that had a cool acronym. I'm Chance Ellison. And I'm Robert Parker. And yeah, this is the show where we discuss uh, one of our favorite shows of all time, Phase and Ferb, episode by episode, uh, scheme by scheme, innator by innator. And now we are on episode two, which is Lawn Gnome Beach Party of Terror. This is also one that uh, we talked about last point how like Disney debuted the show earlier. This is another one that did the same thing. This actually debuted uh, in September of 2007. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and there's also we also get some more. Not I wouldn't say insect, but like this also introduces some more recurring themes that we would get uh, later in the episode. So, or later in the show, I would say. So, mm-hmm. uh, let's not waste any time. Let's let's get right into it. So, Robert, what's the daily scheme today? Yeah, so uh, as far as the boys' plan, the boys' scheme today, there is uh, a heat wave striking the tri-state area where they live. It is very, very hot. So much so it roasts birds midair. It does roast birds midair. It is very, very hot. So they need to figure out something to do. So instead of going to the beach, they decide to bring bring the beach to them. Phineas and Ferb create a beach in their backyard uh, through uh, some funny means they have. Uh, hose and they're just making uh filling up their little kiddie pool at first and then the fence of their backyard falls down to reveal a giant beach that they have created yeah no and <laughs> they, they even like Candace just like that's the beach <laughs> not even gonna waste my time yeah <laughs> Candace drops just... she was like oh god they literally made they like they probably ruined other people's homes and property to be honest yeah to make this it's, thing. it's like I hope they didn't have neighbors <laughs> Yeah. Well, they do. They they pull out, and there's a wide shot from above, and it's like other houses are now oh, also beachfront so, yeah, property. They, they, they majorly they majorly screwed their their backyard neighbors, but yeah. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sure they were partying there too. It's like yeah. Mm-hmm. But pretty much so. But I think this is actually I give them very credit early on because this is actually the first one where they start to divert a little from Florida because and this is like when we just established like the second episode they're already breaking. Break yeah. because rather than try and rat the boys out, uh, this is the first episode where we get introduced to uh, another major character, uh, Jeremy Johnson. Yeah, he is mentioned in episode one, but this is the first time we see him, and uh, obviously this is the big heartthrob crush of Candace, so instead of trying to snitch and bust the boys uh, because Jeremy is at this beach, she decides to play along with the boys' scheme, their plan, uh, so she can win the heart of Jeremy. Yeah, exactly. No no guy wants to be with a snitch. No. No. Also, this beach beach is... This beach is massive. They got their own luau's. It's a big beach, yeah. <laughs> they got there's a they got a surf surfing. shack. There's windsurfing. There's oh yeah. everything is happening on this beach. Literally everything. Like they, they even got some real Hawaiians out here. Yeah, they got actual. There's a rap break halfway through this episode. Like oh yeah, they no, know what's up. They, they, this beach, this beach is legit. Yeah, it's a legit beach. Yeah, and like what else is going on? They're doing they're doing all sorts of stuff. Phineas enters a surfing contest where we meet uh, the second major character in this show, or at least the second major character that we're first introduced to in this episode, and that's Buford Van Buford. Stom, the neighborhood yeah. bully. 
Yeah, and we will see, obviously, much more of him. Uh, she is very much featured in an episode coming up uh, very soon, but oh, we do get introduced to him, obviously, the neighborhood bully. Uh, there are some rules, of course, on their beach, uh, the most prominent among them being no yodeling. Um, <laughs> so... it's, it's and like right when they say that, they cut to a dude wearing later hose, and he's just like, I'm not happy about this either. <laughs> he's just like, aww. Yeah, so Bu- Buford enters the surfing contest, and he, like, he rigs it. One of my favorite ones is, like, when he's, like, beating up Django, who, I guess, who was supposed to be main character, but, like, he never he never comes back. He very rarely is actually in the show. Yeah, he's there every once in a while in some later episodes in later seasons, but he never is really a part of the gang. No, he never, never really. He's, he's always on the outside looking, except for mm-hmm. a, a very few cases, but... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite is where he's attacking him. He's like, he got him in a half, Nelson! And full Nelson, Nelson, full Nelson. He's beating up with Johnny Nelson. Yeah, he's got him in half Nelson. Uh, now he's in a full Nelson. Oh, look. Now he's beating him with Bobby Nelson. Bobby Nelson, not Johnny <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. No, I. that's definitely... Buford just tries to take out the competition. Uh, and he tries to take out Phineas, but Phineas had made a hologram of himself surfing. Which, so, uh, that's, that's, that's so something Phineas would do. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Just showing that uh, thought process of Phineas is cool. And Phineas win win the surfing contest, which also we forgot to we also forgot to mention uh, the fireside girls are there because they're trying to earn. Usually when it, when the fireside girls and Isabella are there, they're trying to earn some patch, and this time it's the aquatic safety patch. If I'm not mistaken. Exactly. Yeah, I yeah. think you're right. Um. So yeah, that's another running gag that's sort of established in this episode is Isabella and her fireside uh, girls. You know, di- her her discount girl scouts, uh, the fireside girls. Yeah, uh, are there. It is. They're, they're earning patches all the time, but yeah, they're here, uh, and they sort of join in on the fun to earn their next patch. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, uh, you can't, 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 so you try and join in on the fun. She's resisting her urge to bust, uh, until, and then she even does it when she gets knocked out by a coconut and inadvertently wins a limbo contest. <laughs> yeah, she lands, is it on a crab? And the crab carries the cra- her yeah, underneath. Yeah, the crab carries her under. Like, the and there's the like, limbo. damn, I didn't know you'd go that, go that low. <laughs> Yeah, and she is she is crowned Queen Wahini, uh, which is just like the the queen of the beach. Yeah, and that's when we get like the rat break of the episode. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So which this is, is the first episode to first of very many many men. Okay, first of all, except for a select few episodes, to have their own song, which mm-hmm. I mean, this is not not a bad not a bad start. I, mean, I think this is definitely one of the best of the first season. The song? Yes, the song. Uh, we'll disagree there. I I don't really like this song. This episode is all right, um, but you so what? You're so what? Then we will. That is accurate, which is why I like the next episode's song better. Oh no, no, no. <laughs> next one's definitely better. But I like this one. Yes, um, but this is where Ferb gets more than one line because he Ferb has the song in this episode where he starts telling everybody about all the amenities on the beach. In a very interesting <laughs> hip hop song. Only, only thing you got to pay for are the, to- are the game tokens. Yeah. Yeah, which I, I, that that have for Ferb Lines. It's not like it's not like Thomas. It's not like Thomas in the studio doing this. Which oh, it'd be funny if he did. That would be great. I, I, I want to see that cut of this episode where, where the where Thomas raps. I hope they did that. I mean, I doubt they did. I doubt that it's anywhere on the cutting room floor. But if it existed, I would want to see it. Yeah, I, I definitely want to watch that. And you know, like every, everyone's everyone's having fun. She hasn't called. He hasn't called her mom once, and like, and that's even they even throw in the fact that like her, the mom's in the spa. And she's just like, not one call from Candace, not even a text message. You know what? Yeah. I'm going home. 
<laughs> Something must be wrong. I better go home. Yeah. And, yeah, as, as opposed to, like, the last episode where, like, everything was, like, directly related, this one is the one where, like, it's, like, I think the A story and B story are, like, they're not as really as they were the first time, at least not until the end. So what's happening with Perry? That's very accurate. Yeah. What's happening with the Perry this time is that uh, he's tracking Dubinchmurch because like all the lawn gnomes in the Trice area are disappearing. Mm-hmm. All of the lawn gnomes are just mysteriously going away from the lawns. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is the first one where just like the way he gets his parents guys themselves a lawn gnome. He just like and like when he like breaks out, he's like he takes off the side. He's like a platypus. Put on the hat. Perry the platypus. platypus, Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, I think this is actually one of my favorite, at least of probably the first ten episodes of how Perry uh, sort of gets to Doofenshmirtz. Is he literally just has on the fake beard and the fake hat. He's just standing out like a lawn gnome. And then, yeah, this is the first instance of Doofenshmirtz not being able to recognize the difference between Perry uh, as a secret agent and Perry as a platypus. Yeah, pretty much kind of shows you the. I mean, between that and just the reason he does the things he does, you, you can really tell, like, he's not... He's probably one of my favorite cartoon bad guys. If I'm, if oh, I'm I, purely comical. He is my favorite. Uh, really? Just because, yeah. I mean, Draven, Dr. Draven from Kim Possible is up there, too. Draken, uh, Draken. Draken, sorry. Draven. Draven? Draven sorry, I don't know why I was, Draven is from League of Legends. I don't know why I was thinking Draven. Um, but Draken, you know what I meant. Um, yeah, I know what you meant. There are some Kim Possible villains that are up there as well for me. Um, but Doofenshmirtz just has the comedy, the dim-wittedness, uh, but still, like, that charm and that resolve. Like, we learn a little bit more about his backstory, specifically in one of my favorite episodes that we'll talk about upcoming. Yeah. Um, and we, I believe we talk about Gimbal Stump in this episode. Yeah, this first, is this, first, this first one with a backstory. And, like, yeah, we get something, the something you appreciate about Doofenshmirtz is, like, he has a surprising amount of pathos. Yeah, you really care for this character. Like, seriously, when we go into his backstory, we learn that um, in Gimbelstump, which is the village in the fictional Druselstein, uh, in the days of his youth, his father made him dress up as a lawn gnome and just, like, sit outside his house for, like, days on end. And he couldn't, like, go play with the other kids. He just had to stand still and be a lawn gnome. I think I finished! I think I finished! <laughs> yeah, uh, his only friend was the moon. Oh, and his neighbor Kenny. And his name is Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's those little lines, especially especially in the backstory of Doofenshmirtz, that I think are the funniest jokes in this entire show. Oh, for sure, and and because you know he because the lawn gnome was taken. Oh well, his his was repossessed because he lost his. He's gonna take every lawn gnome in yeah. the dry state area. Is this the first innator, or does he not describe it? Uh, I, don't I do not th- remember. I don't think he describes it. I don't. I think he just has a machine uh, that 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 sucks, sucks out up all the long gnomes from front lawns. Yeah. So, uh, and after after that, so they they have their fight, and yeah, no, it, it, it's not innator. It's just like a like a big vacuum that sucks up from yeah. under from the ground. They they ha- they Perry escapes. They have their fight. And the resolution this time is he's apparently buried like on somewhere under their house or somewhere near their house. Yeah. Well, and, good. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, go for it. No, I was saying he's apparently buried somewhere like near their house because like he turns the vacuum from suck to blow and it creates a volcano in the yeah. beach. <laughs> on the beach. Or it sucks. Doesn't it suck all the water out of the beach? I yes. think it sucks. It sucks. 
no, 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 no. What well, happens is the, vo- the volcano's created, and You're then... You're right, no, happens first. Uh, the, it goes from suck to blow, creates a volcano outside the boys' house on their beach, and then the volcano erupts, and what comes out but gnomes. Exactly. Just no. thousands and of gnomes. Man, that, that radio DJ guy, he got the worst end of it. <laughs> Yeah, he, he gets I, I whacked think, in the face with a gnome, like, and that was the bit on animation. That that was like that was brutally animated. I, I give him props. Oh, yeah, that. yeah, they call it Gnomageddon. Yeah, uh, with just gnomes raining from the sky. And you, you, you hear like a line in the back, like, "Who is protecting our gardens?" Yeah, those lines are the best. Who's protecting our gardens? It's, it's like the little, yeah. like the little throwaway jokes, like some of the best lines in this show. Th- those are the best jokes of this entire show. Yeah. So uh, the volcano, the volcano erupts. It erupts. It blows out all the lawn gnomes, and then uh, all the water is uh, drained through this hole. Yeah. Well, the, this is the thing. So when uh, Mrs. Fletcher, Linda Fletcher, uh, Phineas and Ferb and Can- or Phineas and Candace's mom and Ferb's stepmom, uh, she realizes that something's wrong because Candace hasn't reached out to her. So as she's trying to go home, Candace runs out to the front yard because she's having such a good time with and Jeremy. And distracts her. That's right. Exactly. She tries to stop her from coming back. She says, "Go leave. I'm having so much fun. Like leave. Nothing's happening." Candace is trying to cover up the the beach, and then the gnome machine ends up literally sucking up the entire beach like the water all of the like umbrellas and chairs and the surf shack and just everything uh and then finally uh, candace's mom bursts through and then there's no beach there yeah even even it's just like "Ah, all right we're done the the crowd's just chanting their name and then they just like like the garage with the fence just goes back down yes confirm yeah, uh, and then yeah, the the fence comes back up, and then we just see their little mini beach that they made earlier in the episode, where it's just their kiddie pool. Yeah, and like even Candace is like, "No, my kingdom, my Jeremy was all so beautiful. Yeah. What do you mean in my paradise? Like, can I think you ate too much salad? Let's go inside." Yeah, we also never get confirmation that anybody from that beach ever left. <laughs> Where'd they go? True. Well, the one thing we do get is the radio DJ uh, makes a shout out to Phineas and Ferb on air on the radio. Oh yeah, uh, so he, apparently he got out. We don't know how. <laughs> he got out. The gnome didn't kill him, which is what mattered. That's what matters. I think he. I think he comes back in later episodes. Yes, he does. He does. Okay. So, but point is, they got out. We don't know how, but they got out. <laughs> yeah. And also, their their name their neighbors were apparently like unharmed by all this. Yeah, their their neighbor's property wasn't like damaged. There's not trillions of dollars in structural damage or anything like that. Yeah. So, as long as nobody gets hurt, they're I guess they're all good. That's the flaw through this town. As long as no one gets mm-hmm. hurt, we're all good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where the episode ends. And so, final thoughts on the episode as a whole, Robert. Yeah, this is another one which is sort of in the vein as the first episode where it's still establishing its running gags, it's still establishing its formula. This is the first one, obviously, where we get the song. This is the first one where, yes, there are breaking formula with the Candace stuff, um, but we get a little bit more into the formula of, like, Doofenshmirtz that has a tragic backstory and all that kind of stuff. Um, This is another sort of establishing episode, and I like it fine. Um, I prefer, like, if I'm going to watch an episode where it's, like, one of the first establishing episodes, it's either going to be the one that comes before this or the one that comes after this. Um, this isn't one that I revisit too often as compared to the others of the show, but it's not a bad episode. Um, there's definitely, the, my favorite scenes of this episode are the Gimbal Stump stuff, backstory of Doofenshmirtz, just because I find that really funny. 
um, the Phineas and Ferb plot, there's it is done better in many, many, many other episodes, in my opinion. No, yeah, I I agree. So, and yeah, I I'm the same way. It's like I I, I enjoy this episode well enough. I don't like as much as I did Roller Coaster, but I do appreciate. Yeah, I, I do appreciate the uh, the more douchebag stuff. I, I like the backstory aspect. The first time we get to see that, we get to see a lot of like. For the first time, we get to see a lot of characters become like major players. Like we get to see uh, Jeremy mm-hmm. Buford. We also forgot to yes. mention Stacy. Is this her first appearance? Uh, yes, it is. Stacy plays a little bit of a bigger part in the next episode, but she's not in Roller Coaster at all. We hear her over the phone. Yeah, well, but... we, we, we we don't even hear her. We just know. No, that's true. We don't hear her voice. We know of her. <laughs> yeah, like we we hear her by name, but this is her first like on screen appearance, as well mm-hmm. as Jenny, who's like she's not there as much, but she's another one of Candace's friends. Yep. But. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's a bad episode. I think it's I think it's good. I think it's well done. I think it's another like great establishing one. But mm-hmm. if I'm rewatching some of the first one, I'm not gonna return. I'm not gonna. This is gonna be the first one I pop in if I want to watch one for the first season. Uh, and it's also one I'm not gonna unless I'm doing like a watch through of the show, which I do do fairly often. Me too. Uh, <laughs> it's not one that I'm probably gonna go seek out on my own accord. But I still don't think it's that bad. So uh, mm-hmm. you're rating one to five Perry's. So one to five Perry's. This is a three Perry's. Uh, it's good. I like the Doofenshmirtz stuff a lot. The humor of that, the backstory of that is, I mean, you'll see that as the episodes go on. This is just one of my favorite things about the show. Um, but I don't love the song and I don't love the Phineas plot, the Phineas and Ferb plot. So I'm going to say three parries. Yeah. I think this is one of the more tamer plots, but I I think the Doofenshmirtz stuff is enough. And I I, I do care for the song. So Uh, I I think it pushes up to me for two and a three and a half parries. I'll I'll go three and a half parries. All right. All right, so, uh, Robert, you want to give your plugs before we head out? Sure thing. You can follow me personally on Twitter and Letterboxd at R-B-R-T-P-R-K-R-9-8. That's my first and last name, no vowels plus my year. And then you can find me doing admin and hosting duties with the YouTube channel Take 3 Productions, where we cover a lot of Schmodown content. You can find me doing writing question duties and hosting duties at Full Metal Geek, which is a trivia channel where we do basically our fan league version of the Inner Geekdom. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, and you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChanceWars underscore 91. Check out my personal YouTube channel, Chance the Critic. Uh, check out the other two shows, that uh, other two podcasts I do, uh, Series Study and Notorious by Chance, both of which I co-host with Russell Howell, and both of which you will probably at some point see Robert Parker on. And also, uh, yeah, check out Schmodown, where I actually compete. So <laughs> I forgot to plug that <laughs> last time. Yeah. Funny, funny. How, how, how could I do that? But um, Yeah, I don't know how you forgot that, man. Yeah, uh, but th- thank you for listening, and uh, we will see you next time.